get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Incredible, unbelievable, infuriating for many Blue Bombers fans out there, no doubt. 31-28 is your final in overtime from Ottawa this Saturday afternoon. The Blue Bombers lose after being in complete control for the whole game. And what did we see? Quarterback Dustin Crum, his first CFL start for a franchise in the Ottawa Red Blacks that have had no luck at quarterback for a long, long time. And Crum turned a first half where the offense produced three first downs and 44 yards of offense into a second half where they totaled 20 for 23 on the game, first downs, and 411 yards of offense. Dustin Crum showed he is a gamer. And I'm for the sake of the Ottawa Red Blacks, they sure hope they can get more of this from their quarterback. But the bigger question, and the one we're going to get to here on Game Day After Dark on Bonfire Sports, is the Winnipeg perspective. Are they lacking a killer instinct? What happened? How did that slip through the fingers of the blue and gold? Lots to get to. Lots of emotions, no doubt. Let's bring in Zach Schnitzer, as we always do here on Game Day After Dark. Welcome inside Bonfire Sports. Good to see everybody in the live chat. Let's get into it. Zach, how are you feeling after seeing that thrilling, yet I'm sure for you, infuriating finish in Ottawa? I'm infuriated, Darren. I'm so steaming mad at the Bombers for Fumbling that away. You'd say, you talk about slipping through your fingers. I mean, no no better example than, than the touchdown pass that Dalton Schoen drops right through his fingers. Greg McCray dropped a touchdown pass, a long bomb. Mm-hmm. But even then, they still should have won, Darren. How many things did they have to do wrong to lose that game? We were watching the guy. I watched with my mother-in-law, as I always do. Their partner, we're watching at the lake. Beautiful night at the lake. It's mm-hmm. raining. Now there's a rainbow. You know, even after the pick six, Darren, even only if we were up by, I was like, okay, we have the ball. We're just going to run out the clock. This game is over. And even if we have to punt it away, they're, they're not going to be able to run the table, run the field on us like they did. And somehow they still managed to fumble that game away. It, I, I am so incensed. No question. I'm sure everybody inside that Blue Bombers locker room is incensed. And, you know, listening to head coach Mike O'Shea, as well as quarterback Zach Kolaris, a little while ago on uh, the CGOB postgame show, uh, those two individuals, as well as Adam Bighill, you know, they said a loss is a loss and they all stink. They're all terrible. They all feel bad. I get that for the mentality of of a football team that needs to go out next week and beat Edmonton at IG Field, okay? But for us in the media and for everybody out there in Bomber Nation, the fans, they have questions. And 
I think the most pressing is why has Winnipeg allowed team after team this season to stay in the football game? They allowed Saskatchewan to stay in the football game. They allowed Hamilton to stay in the football game. Yeah, you know, they 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 handled the Montreal Alouettes 17 to 3, but that was after a 30 to 6 loss at home. And the Calgary Stampeders beat them in the first half and then couldn't do anything in the second half and and Winnipeg took control. That's what we saw today from the Ottawa Red Blacks to go from the anemically offensive first half to Dustin Crumb saying I can complete some passes. I can find some open receivers. I can get it done with my legs. And for the Ottawa Red Blacks to keep Winnipeg incredibly one-dimensional, entirely one-dimensional yeah. on offense. Brady Oliveira yeah. was not able to get things going in the run game today. Yeah, he had some big catches and some big plays in the pass game. Doesn't, but- do- doesn't matter, though. Doesn't matter. Sorry, I'm so mad I have to interrupt, Darren. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Bomber fans could tell the entire game the run game wasn't working, mm-hmm. and and so they used play action uh, and they hit the same three play uh, the same play on play action three times, where they pulled it. Claros pulled it and threw it out to Schoen or Walatarski for a first down. The, the the offense, you know, Ottawa came in with a very good run defense, not as good pass defense, and mm-hmm. they had some injuries in the secondary, and their middle linebacker was out. Like the bombers were scheming well against it, and and yet, what do they do? You talk about lack of kill, killer instinct. What do they do when they're trying to run out the clock? It's second and seven, with about a just over a minute left. If mm-hmm. they get the first down, the game is essentially over because Ottawa's just used their timeout, and the coach, whoever it was, whether it was Buck or approved by Mike O'Shea, and I hate to. Um, I hate to smear the coaches here, but it was a chicken shit call. They ran the ball on second and seven with Rady Oliveira right up the gut on a play that hadn't worked all night. It's not that they, it's not that they ran it. It's when they ran it. And of course it gets stuffed and they punt it away. Now they still should have stopped Ottawa on that final drive. I couldn't believe that Ottawa was able to take it down the entire length of the field and then get then get the the two point convert. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing? You're trying not to lose the game. That's the that's the crap we used to see when Lapa was the coach, and that's Ooh. how they lost all those close games. Ooh. Trying not to lose, trying to burn the clock, trying to make the safe play. Ottawa had all the momentum. They never should have got the ball back. So we remember last week when Winnipeg had that. 15 play, 96 yard drive. It was nearly 10 minutes, 96 yard drive. The Red Blacks tying score was a seven play, 94 yard drive, 48 seconds. And look, I want to answer the questions about the Blue Bombers. I want to, you know, provide a little therapy session for the fans out there that aren't feeling so great after seeing their team let that one slip through their fingers. It's almost delicately putting it. They blew it. The mm-hmm. Blue Bombers blew it tonight. I want to do that, but I got to give credit where it's due, and that's to Dustin Crum. That guy is a gamer, man. This yeah. guy did not quit when he could have. 
He came out in the second half and it almost looked like he was renewed with confidence. And I think the entire team rallied around that, or maybe it was the other way around. You know, the team rallied and rallied around their quarterback, you know, got him going. But Ottawa looked like a different football team in the second half, both sides of the ball, really. And, you know, let's analyze why that happened. Let's find out. Let's let's try to talk about how Winnipeg lost. Um, when when this game, Zach was just looking at looking at my my notes here and and kind of my my drive chart that I put together. Drew Wolitarski scores an eight yard touchdown and it's doing the snow angel in the end zone. That was a three play eighty six yard drive. It was set up by Brady Oliveira in a sixty three yard catch and run which was impressive. It was incredible. It was really, really nice. Walatarski for 15 yards and then Walatarski for an eight yard touchdown. It's three plays and, and they're up 25 to six late in the third quarter. But Ottawa still having trouble getting into the end zone. They only had six points at that point. Kick and field goal, kick and field goal. Well, they kick a third Lewis Ward from 22 yards out. So it's again, you know, they, they reach the red zone. And then it's a seven yard snap and he kicks it from 22 and it was a 63 yard drive, 13 plays that Ottawa put together to start the fourth quarter. And it was just another field goal. It's like, okay, 25 to nine. Winnipeg is doing what they're, they're doing, right? They're allowing the game to, they're allowing the clock to tick away. They are in control in the fact that they're not allowing the opposition to get into the end zone through three full quarters and now into the fourth. And then Winnipeg goes two and out for the sixth time. So offensively, I thought Winnipeg had a lot of explosion plays. They were dangerous, but they weren't consistent. And I think this has become a theme for the Blue Bombers offense this season. I think it's become a theme that Brady can control a game when the run game is working. And the offensive line can control a game when the run game is working. And Dalton Schoen or Nick Dembski or whoever the flavor du jour is, Greg McRae, they can make big plays and cap drives with sevens. And that's why Winnipeg has won four games this season. But in their losses especially, and I would even say their win against Hamilton, their win against Saskatchewan in week one and two, the offense puttered a little bit. It just kind of stuttered and puttered. And I was watching the two and outs and, and, you know, kind of breaking down the stats throughout the game or breaking down the drives throughout the game, just writing notes and, you know, kind of see how the flow of the game goes. And it's like, they're about even in two and outs. It was like Winnipeg had three and then Winnipeg had their third in the second quarter. And then Ottawa had their fifth. And then Well, Big Hill gets a sack, his first of the game. He finished with two. Like Winnipeg's defensive stats outside of the yards looked like they were just, they threw everything at Dustin Crum to make him uncomfortable. But in the end, you can look at the numbers all day and say, well, look at the score and look at the the result and look at points off of turnovers. Like some stats tell the picture or paint the picture and tell the story and others don't. 
But then you can have a different game, Zach, as we saw today, where those numbers don't mean anything. And it's the momentum and the killer instinct, the taking advantage of opportunities of a team that gave them the victory. And the Red Blacks, the Red Blacks are two and three on the season. Yeah. I'd look out, man. Dustin Crum, a win like that against Winnipeg? That's momentum Ottawa is most definitely going to carry through. Who do they got next? Man. Ottawa's in Calgary next week, yeah. next Sunday. And that's that's a beatable team, especially with that run defense Ottawa has. Calgary really relies on Diedrich Mills. Yep. Um, you saw what happened last week to Calgary when we took Diedrich Mills away in the second half. They were pretty much toothless. Um, I I'm just so mad. I'm so frustrated. I mean, how do you, the only way you lose a game like that is if you throw a pick six in the fourth quarter, if you fumble a ball in the fourth quarter, if you Mm -hmm. start becoming afraid to lose rather than trying to win. And the Bombers did all three of those things, Darren. It is a theme. And, and the lack of killer instinct, McCray drops a, a long bomb, which should have been a touchdown shown again. Hard to be mad at Schoen, but again drops a touchdown catch. That would have iced the game. And he 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 dropped one last week. But those should not be the reasons why you lose a no, drop but, but, a drop deep shot like a deep shot dropped. Eh, you missed an opportunity. That shouldn't be the reason why you lost. To no, me, the it's, reason it's, but it's no, part and I'm not of saying it. you're saying that either. I, I get it. It's part of the reason they lost. They did a lot of other stupid things. Yeah. And here, here's, a, I'll, I'll give you the mic in a second, but here's the thing that we know about the Bombers, and I think you're right, and this is a theme. When the Bombers' power run game isn't controlling the game, they're not controlling the line of scrimmage, they are a beatable football mm-hmm. team. It happened in the Grey Cup, and it happened tonight. It happened against BC. If Oliveira isn't, you know, gobbling up yards and that, those road graders aren't pushing guys around. Um, they're beatable. Their offense doesn't get in rhythm. And you're right. Those dro- those big drops shouldn't be a reason you lose the game. They were just part of the picture. And Ottawa has a good defense. Mm-hmm. But, man, def- like defensively, I thought Ottawa made great adjustments. They started getting the ball out of his hands quick in the second half, Darren. They put, like, two fullbacks to have max protection or tight ends. I don't know how the Bombers didn't adjust for that. They kept trying to blitz all second. It wasn't working. They, they were kept trying, to, trying make, to blitz. They were trying to make Dustin it, Crum uncomfortable. And he but just it wasn't said, working. No, yeah, and, and he just identified it and ran. So rush with, like the bread and butter of the Bombers is rush with four, put eight guys back into coverage and trying to try to get him to beat you with his arm. Why are you continuing to rush Adam Big Hill? Yes, he got two sacks in the first half. Great. I don't give a shit. It didn't work in the second half. He was completely neutered. It was it was ridiculous that they kept doing that. And then, you know, then you have one-on-one coverage in the backfield, and all he has to do is hit his hot route. Yeah. I, I don't understand why they kept blitzing the entire game. I get you want to make him uncomfortable, but he was getting comfortable with that, and he had max protection. The entire second half. I don't get it. Uh, The live chat 
is lit. And rightfully <laughs> so. It's great to see everybody uh, chiming in with their thoughts, their questions, uh, their takes, hot or not. Uh, it's it's pretty great uh, to see. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, lots to get to on the show. We're going to get into our bonfire burning point and find out where the temperature exploded for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and it led to their second loss of the season. We'll have our Walby's Warrior Westwood's wide to the right. And uh, of course, our happy honker, my favorite, and uh, we'll hand out our game balls as well. Um, but maybe we should take a look at a couple things uh, for, for those that maybe missed the game. Let, let's uh, do I got it here. Hang on. Where is that? Looking for my screen share. Here we go. So here is the tying score. Oh, and Big Hill just gets roasted on that. God. And I don't think I don't think people out there can hear the audio uh from the the TSN play-by-play -play no. call, but but I thought uh Rod Smith and Dwayne Ford did an outstanding job as they always do. Nice to see Paul Apolice in the booth. Uh he was really good. Yeah, Big Hill Big Hill is working to contain, right? If I go back, Adam Big Hill here is trying to make sure Dustin Crumb doesn't get the edge. Because where are all the players? They're on the inside. You might have a DB Fair out enough. here. Yeah. So I think he it's it's not necessarily a bad angle or a bad um, you know, path to the tackle that he took. He did miss the tackle, sure. But he did not let Dustin Crumb get outside. Because there's the support, right? Right, but but don't you like if you know that I don't want to say the only way he's going to beat you, but you know probably the way Dustin Crum in his first start in the CFL against the dark side defense, probably the way he's going to beat you is with the run. Don't you put mm -hmm. a spy on him? Don't you assign somebody to say, look, if he gets outside the pocket and he starts to run, that's what you do. We'll, we'll give up a person in coverage. Uh, we'll make sure that he can't gash us with the runs like he did. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, did they put a spy on him? I mean, late in the game? No, because you're in prevent defense. And prevent defense, it's like people are like, oh, yeah, you know, when I'm playing Madden and you do prevent defense, there's like nobody around. Everyone's like dropped back. It's not exactly like that, but they're in a very, very deep zone coverage. So, no, they're they're probably not um spying the quarterback because if the quarterback crosses the line of scrimmage then everybody just loses their guy because he can't forward pass so you know they're not going to beat you deep but the reality is he did beat them deep because his arm became enough of a threat his legs became enough of a threat to open the pass game and then his arm became enough of a threat to you know um allow those opportunities for him to to gain yards um but Another play I think is is worth taking a look at, Zach, is is this one. And uh, this is the tipped ball and the interception. Brandon Dandridge, who has uh, two of the Red Blacks' six touchdowns this year, uh, one on special teams, one on defense. And, um, you know, 
Zach Kolaris has three interceptions this year. Uh, all three have been tipped by the receiver. One was Dembski, one was Bailey, I believe, and this one Drew Wolitarski. Yeah. Um, you know, tough, tough one to swallow, but that pick six made it the one score game. And yeah. again, I go back to the drive charts, right? Like Ottawa's offense was a different offense in the second half. They came out eight plays, just 27 yards, but eight plays and they put points on the board. So it's 18-6 and Bob Dice from a Winnipegger, man, a former St. Vitale Mustang, right? He said it at halftime and I retweeted it. I tweeted it out there. I'm like, Bob Dice is right. It's a two score game. That's nothing in the CFL. That's nothing. Yeah. And it was 18-6. And then they had four plays and they punted. Ottawa's next possession, 13 plays, 63 yards. Uh Uh-oh. That's a nice possession. And they put up another field goal. And then they go nine plays. And they're down 25 to nine to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the fourth quarter. So they turn it over on downs because they're going for it. But they put together nine plays. They're moving the chains. They could not create a first down for the life of them in the first half. And then we saw the Brady Oliveira fumble, right? Um, And that gave Ottawa the football on their own 54. So they had 56 yards to pay dirt. And eight plays. And they're pushing down 25 to nine in the fourth quarter, late in the, like, you know, middle of the fourth quarter. And they turn it over on downs again, but another yeah, eight that, plays. Yeah. And from there, Winnipeg, you would think would just suffocate it like they did last week against Calgary. And they run on first and 10, that first play, Brady Oliveira, five yard run. And then they go for the quick little hitch pass to Drew Wolitarski. And, you know, whether Wolitarski ran the wrong route or didn't run it perfect or it was a misthrown ball, not on target, behind Drew Olatarski, so he sticks his hand out to try to get a piece of it, as receivers are taught to do, because if it's if it just goes free, the, the, the DB's just going to read it and snag it. Well, you know, uh, them, them's the breaks. That's football sometimes. Yeah. And, and if uh, I could just interject, having yeah. you talked about having Lapo there. Um, the, yeah, the pick six and Lapo, his analysis was that that one was on Wallatarski that, uh, Zach had expected him to, to come back further to the ball or something. Um, but yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. Okay. Keep, uh, keep going with your, keep going with your, uh, postmortem here, Darren. <laughs> well, Hey, I mean, it's, 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 it's your postmortem, Zach and, and blue bombers nations postmortem as much as anybody's, uh, you know, uh, some of the comments here, I, I think were, were worth talking about, you know, Travis, they fell asleep. No doubt. Um, I thought Winnipeg really, even in the first half when they were in control, I thought they were playing kind of flat defensively. I think they had a little bit of juice, but in the second half, they took their foot off the gas defensively, um, and, and allowed those, those long drives. Uh, and then, Dustin Crum, he's got nothing to lose, man. I said that to Walby on the pregame show here on Bonfire Sports. Like I, I said it to him, like he's got nothing to lose. You're gonna you're gonna see his best game because nobody's expecting anything. Yeah. Well, he he sure showed everybody. He did. Oh, it just it just 
gets in my craw, especially in overtime where he just like, where were all the defenders? I mean, I don't understand X's and O's enough to, to give an analysis of it, but like, where was the, the only way crumb was going to really win that game was with his legs. And there was no one there to tackle him. It's like the red sea parted. Oh, Hey Frank, how you doing, buddy? I, I miss you. One of our friends from the UK, UK bomber. Um, oh, there. Yeah, that's right. Hey Frank, how are you? Yeah. Um, from Nottingham, England. I, I just, uh, that, that just made me sick. I honestly, and then and my friend Caitlin, who watches religiously and is a season ticket holder, we both were nauseated, sick to our stomachs. I, I just cannot believe that they, and this is this is now this is now a theme you say this year, Darren. This has been something that's happened to us a few times. If you look back at 2019, everyone will remember um, being up on the Argos 20 to nothing, and they came back and beat us 28 27. They'll remember us uh, beating the Alouettes uh, with Chris Streveler at, at at the quarterback at the controls in 2019. We were up, I think, 37 to to 17 or something like that, and we we lost in the last second, 38 37. Now those galvanized the 2019 teams um, to go on that epic historic Grey Cup run where they were in third place and they went to Calgary and they won. They went to Saskatchewan and they won. And then they went back to Calgary and they won and they ended the drought. I don't know that this team is is the same as that team. I don't know. I didn't think they needed a wake-up call like this. I thought the BC game was the wake-up call, Darren. I I didn't think they needed another one. Uh, And I saw, I, I hate to say this, on one of Crumb's, uh, the first touchdown run to make it a one-score game, I saw what looked like Willie Jefferson just kind of loping around casually. And I don't know if that was just because he was away from the play and I had a bad angle, but where was the killer instinct to put this game away? Give me a break. Uh, a lot of people talking about the offensive line maybe not being as as dominant uh, as they have been in the past. I get that sentiment. Um, I'm also confused because we saw what they did in the fourth quarter last week and just dictating. So, hey, you know, the Ottawa Red Blacks, they got a good coaching staff. They got a good team. Clearly, they got a good team. They just beat Winnipeg. Yeah, um, they have a great, they have a very good team. And in the East Division, they uh, they will compete with with maybe not Toronto, but with Montreal. And um they game planned incredibly well. You know, the the defensive game plan was we're not gonna let you run the ball and you know control the line of scrimmage. And for a while it was, you know, okay, they're gonna drop Zach back and, and he's gonna, you know, find Dembski and find Schoen and uh find McCray and and you know find Brady Oliveira in the past game, right? Maybe that that changed the way Winnipeg's offensive approach came about. But defensively, or sorry, offensively, Ottawa's offense, it wasn't about their game plan as much as it was their halftime adjustment. And you will hear conflicting perspectives on, you know, teams make halftime adjustments. No, teams don't make, ha- we don't make halftime adjustments. There's no adjustments to be made. We just kind of correct some, listen. Teams make halftime adjustments because 
you go into a game with a game plan and then the game happens two quarters of it. And you're like, we got to change our game plan. That's an adjustment. So you can say, oh, you know, we're going to correct some things. This, it, it's, it's as hyperbolic to say, we're going to change everything and adjust everything as it is to, to be hyperbolic and say, we don't make any halftime adjustments. Of course, you change things. You adjust things. And Ottawa's offense, Dustin Crum, man, he, he must have got a speech from somebody or he, you know, closed his eyes and took a moment for himself. He came out in the second half and beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He came out and played amazing. Like, he balled out. Dustin uh-huh. Crum balled out. And Winnipeg did not. Winnipeg... Winnipeg lost this football game, uh, you know, but you got to give credit where it's due. And, and that is the Red Blacks won. You know, I don't want I don't want to say Winnipeg lost this game and, and that's what happened. No, Ottawa won. They came back. They were scrappy. Uh, and, and Dustin Crum, you know, taking advantage like Brandon Dandridge pick six. OK, they're within striking distance. Crum's drive to win the game was seven plays, 94 yards. And in like 49 seconds and he gets it into the end zone. And then in overtime, man, incredible, incredible performance. It it was incredible performance by him to beat the bombers, to beat the dark side defense. I don't know if he can even call them the dark side defense anymore. I mean, maybe that's a heresy for me to say, maybe I'll get tarred and feathered for saying that Darren, but is this the dark side defense? Would the dark side defense let a first, like like a rookie quarterback starting his first game down 25-9 in the fourth quarter, would they let him back in the game? I guess they do. I guess they did. They did. And I mean, some people uh, are going to, some people are going to come out of this game and be like, well, it's because the offense turned the ball over a few times. Because the yeah. offense couldn't control the line of scrimmage. The offense couldn't control the play clock. Yep. The offense couldn't score late, right? What did they score in yep. the second half? They scored one touchdown. One touchdown. Drew Olatarski, three plays, 86 yards. If it wasn't for Brady Oliveira's 63-yard catch and run to the Ottawa, yeah. down to the Ottawa 23, yeah. that, you know, maybe, it, you know, you never know. It could have happened, but that's the reason it did. It was one monster, monster play. Um, I want to, I want to show this. So this is early third quarter and the bombers are winning by 15, as you'll see on the screen. And here is a passing play. This is definitely a passing play. Crumb identifies it and takes off. This is not a designed run. Watch it again. This is a passing play and it breaks down and he identifies that it's breaking down. He's got Jeff Coat on one side. He's got Adam Big Hill almost ready to run free right here, Adam. And he takes off. And he gets it done. Zach, that was a passing play. No doubt in my mind. And I'm not an expert, but I know enough to say, this is not a designed run. 
And that's the key Dustin Crumb found. Uh, I've seen it in junior football, like with the Winnipeg Rifles. You'll have a quarterback sometimes. This happened recently. And like without saying names, relatively recently. Um, you have a quarterback that wants to throw the football. You have a quarterback that wants to run the offense as it's designed. But at the same time, you have to instill the knowledge in a quarterback to say, sometimes it's not working. And sometimes you want to stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket and deliver. And that half second is the difference between Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. It's the difference between Brian Brom and Zach Kolaris. Okay. Brian Let's... Brom. Oh my <laughs> God. Story. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Two bombers quarterbacks. And giving the quarterback the confidence or, or the, the wisdom to say you're there. Like the coach will say like, I can't be in the pocket. I can't feel or see what you're feeling and seeing, but you're there and you're smart enough to know when you need to just cut your losses. And by cut, like, you know, it's almost a bad way of putting it, but you know, when to tuck and run. And yeah. that's what dust. That was to me, that was the key to Ottawa finding success offensively in the first half and to go from 44 yards of offense at halftime to 411 on the game. Um, what was that ability right there for him to just identify it, tuck it, run, pick up the first down and Winnipeg's defense uh, continued to blitz and continued to try to make him uncomfortable, but it didn't work anymore. Not, not to the same effect. Why, that's for sure. Darren, why, you know, first of all, you're making me think of Hansel and Gretel, all these crumbs and the crumbs that the Hansel and Gretel dropped to, to help them get home. Was that Hansel and Gretel? I think so. Yep. That crumb dropped enough crumbs. They were lost and, and they found their way home at TD place. They found their way home with all those dropped crumbs, but the bombers should have dropped crumb. And the way to drop crumb would have been to stop blitzing. It wasn't like I, you just keep, you keep banging your head against the wall. It's not working. You don't keep banging your head against the wall to try and knock the wall down. You're going to hurt your head. And the well, bomber's heads got hurt. My head hurts. Let me give you an example here. Late in the second quarter, 11, nothing Winnipeg. And here's crumb dropping back has time, but it's a blitz. And this is Demario Houston's fourth interception of the season. Yeah. Not, not all was bad today. Uh, yeah, fair. It, so it worked there. You got five coming up against Crumb, and he's clean. He's clean in the pocket here. And there's even another one here. Now, I don't think he can take off to the right or up the middle here. I don't think he has anywhere to run. Here's Willie waiting to do what he does best. What's he doing? He's got his knees bent. He's ready to jump yeah. up and knock the pass down. Now, it was a deeper throw. Here's Willie's hand. I don't know if you guys can see my mouse. And the ball's up here. But either way, Willie knows what he's doing. And it's, you know, double, triple coverage. So whatever Dustin Crum was doing in this situation... They found a way to stop doing that in the second half and, and not put themselves in those situations where the quarterback is, is stuck with either taking a sack or throwing it up into, yeah. you know, trouble. Um, well, I'm, to, to my, I'm incredibly impressed with Ottawa. 
incredibly impressed. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just mostly pissed off at Winnipeg. Really, I got to be totally honest. And again, the adjustments Ottawa made was was pretty, pretty easily. Like, uh, uh, it's not like they were pulling rabbits out of their hat. Their hats. They they went to max protect because the blitz was killing them in the first mm-hmm. half. Yeah, and and I don't think the bombers adjusted. Like, you can't keep throwing Biggie against a big brick wall and an offensive lineman. Like, he got a couple sacks in the first half, but then it wasn't working. They had two tight ends. Yeah. So so Crum could even beat him with his arm, or he could take off and run. They didn't have an answer for his run game. Like, as much as the offense sputtered, the defense allowed 31 points to the Ottawa freaking Red Blacks. What are you doing? I'm sorry, but what are you doing? How do you lose that game? Uh, Brady has gotten, I get this, a takeaway, right? Brady has that ball punched out. It It was a good play by the defender. Hang on to the freaking ball. Like, if you want to play not to lose, play not to lose when, when you're supposed to play not to lose. So b- before we get into our uh, our features here on Game Day After Dark and our post-game show, Waiters, the Everwise, says, Bombers 56, Elks 3 next Thursday at IG Field. Do you think that's how Winnipeg is going to respond with just laying the boots to the lowly Elks? Dude, I, I don't know, actually. Sorry about my phone here. It's falling all over the place. Um, I don't know what to expect next week. Like, do I, do I think the Bombers will lose again to another bottom feeder? No, they're at home. I think they'll beat the Elks, but it's not like they were woken up against BC and then just put the boots to the Alouettes the the following game. They beat them 17 to three by two touchdowns, but it's not like they blew them out. I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect with this team. I, I, I hate to say it, but this this type of loss, and you couple it with a loss to BC, they're inconsistent. And they might lack that killer instinct. Is that because the guys are getting long in the tooth? I don't know. This should never have even been a close game. Uh, quick thought here from uh, Pilipenka. Watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Pilipenka? Where's Drew Desjardins these days? He's at left guard for the Ottawa Red Blacks. And um, yeah, DT yeah. even tweeted out a, a picture of him visiting with a couple of the Bombers' uh, offensive linemen. Uh, back to this comment from Travis. Maybe the BC game wasn't an anomaly? Yeah. Yeah, kind, kind of what I was touching on earlier. Um, Zach, let's get into our Walby's Warrior as we always do around this time uh anybody stand out to you or, or uh, you feel is deserving of the warrior tonight i am too angry to give the bombers anything right now i'm sorry whoa you, uh, are, you are i'm mad yeah, yeah. i'm mad they could have been uh game clear of bc to be in front of the west in top of the western division this was this was a massive loss anyway I mean, I think you have to give the 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 Wallabies warrior to Dustin Crumb, who had 20 passing yards in the first half and an interception. You know, I was wondering if Piggy T was going to get put in the game. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Dustin Crumb doesn't crumble, right? 
and he puts together an epic, kind of like a Rocky Butler-esque comeback, if people remember Rocky Butler. Now, I don't think Crum is going to be a one-hit wonder because I thought, uh, I think he's now played a couple games in, in, a, in a row where he's looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. But th- I will never forget this game. No. Yeah. This will always be known as the Dustin Crum, the Crumback. The crumbback. Oh, Zach. He completes the crumbback. Well done. Well done. Hey, at least I feel good about that. Dustin crumbback. Now I'm not not now I'm not feeling so nauseated, but I'm still pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> so I little... think I I don't have Dustin <laughs> Crumb's numbers. Uh you would, but maybe 42, you could fill so in he the was blanks. he was 62%, 26 of 42 for 261 yards, no touchdowns, throwing. One interception. So QB efficiency, 70, you know, score of 70. Not, not great. But he had nine carries for 103 yards, two touchdowns, four runs of 10 plus yards. Both of those major scores. Um, he had nearly, he had triple the rushing yards of uh, Devontae Williams, who was a uh, Blue Bombers practice roster player uh, not too long ago. Oh, really. was he? Yeah. Um, year before last. Anyway, uh, I'm sure Paul Apolice uh, had something to do with him, him headed over to Ottawa, but uh, eight carries for 36 yards he had um, on the ground. But Crum was outstanding. And and Nate Bahar, I know Nate Bahar had some, you know, plays I'm he, he'd want back, but game high, 10 catches, 87 yards. He was targeted 14 times. Uh, wow. You know, he, uh, Man, I, I'm impressed with the Red Blacks. I'm I'm sorry, everybody. I'm impressed with the Red Blacks. Um, whatever. I agree with you on the on the the Wallabies Warrior. It's Dustin Crum. It's just the way we got. You know, it's the way it shakes out today. Uh, before we get into uh, Westwood's wide to the right, everybody out there, go give the thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching on Facebook, give us a like. Share us. Just click that share link and send it to your friends uh, because it's not always going to be bad times like this. The Bombers are a good football team. They are going to come back from this. uh, And this is not the playoffs. It's July. So, you know, comments like this, Baby Yoda. I think it's over, says Baby Yoda, watching live on YouTube. I think the glory days are gone. I have no faith in this team anymore. They're just over the hill. Baby Yoda gets my Westwood wide to the right today <laughs> because that is the biggest overreaction I have I, I could imagine seeing. Beyond like fire everybody, you know, like yeah, yeah. Sorry, even Yoda. even sorry, Baby Yoda. Yeah, but I mean, I I usually come to the defense of my fellow fans. I'm not even at that point, Baby Yoda. But you know what? I can see how you would be given what happened in BC. And given what happened tonight and given what happened in the Grey Cup, you know, uh, that, that is, that is sort of the narrative yeah. Like yeah. people are afraid of that, but uh, even I wouldn't go that far yet. Uh, Yoda also mentioning uh, that I think our quarterback has passed his prime. I think you need to watch Zach Kolaris a little bit more respectfully. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kolaris is just, you know, listen, Kolaris but I'll agree with should've... this. I'll agree with this. This team is defeating itself. Yes, they are. Well, Col- 
how many yards did Kolaris have? He was over 300, right, Darren? And if and if Schoen doesn't drop that pass, he's probably around 400, and the yep. game he is had, over. He had 354 yards. He was 69% passing, 22 yep. of 32, two touchdowns, had the one pick, third of the season, a tip ball. Um, His first ever pick six as a bomber, by the way. Yeah, you're right. But no run game. He spread the ball around. Get this, okay? They had four receivers with at least 66 yards. Nick Dembski, wow. five for 79. Rashid Bailey, five for 26. Um, uh, Drew Wolitarski, four for 70. Yeah, why did I read Bailey there? I was talking about guys with over 66. So here, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll do everybody one better because, hey, maybe you're watching um, the, uh, or maybe you're listening to Game Day After Dark uh, on podcast, but maybe you're watching on YouTube for the full experience or maybe Facebook. Uh, Dembski, five catches for 79. Wolitarski had four for 70, uh, including two second down conversions. Shone had two second down conversions. Same with Nick Dembski. Shone four catches for 66. Uh, Oliveira, uh, of course, had that huge 64-yard catch and run. Three catches for 93 yards, so like 31 yards per catch. Insane. Um, Yeah. But but just the three. Uh, nine carries for 16 yards on the ground. Brady Oliveira averaged less than two yards per handoff today. His long was six. He had 16 yards, long was six, uh, which means there was a lot of zeros. A lot of zeros um, for Brady uh, in the run game today. And look, it's not on Brady alone. No, of course not. Maybe, but the O-line the play calling, all of those things can factor in. Uh, we, we just, we're not inclined to do that here on Bonfire Sports. We are, you know, Zach, you are a fan. Yes, I am a reporter. You're a little bit more subjective and passionate. I'm a little bit more objective and <laughs> just a little bit measured, but uh, we don't do things like that. We don't jump on, you know, this player was terrible and that's why no. this happened. Not going to do it. No. No, for sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. It's not many, many different horrible and unnatural things had to happen for the bombers to lose this game. Many, many, many things. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you got a uh, Westwood wide to the right? The, the moment you didn't well, like my, my Westwood wide to the right was just the fourth quarter. The, 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 you know, the carnival that was the bombers in the fourth quarter. I was thinking, you know, pick six, fumble, toothless play calling, playing not to lose, and just not containing Dustin Crum in the pocket Mm -hmm. and continuing to blitz. Now I get when you blitz, you're trying to close off a bunch of running lanes too, but I think if they could have been more disciplined in their, in their, um, pass rush, then you then you can neutralize that. Um, bombers sure crumbled. So my wide to the right is just the fourth quarter. Did did did, did they even score a point in the fourth quarter? Was I think their touchdown to Walatarski was in third quarter, right, Darren? The uh, uh, yes, you're right. So so they're up twenty five to nine in the fourth quarter, and they get outscored sixteen nothing. Yep, that's right. Uh, that that just it's that's so wide. I don't even know if wide to the right does it justice. It's a 
It's a kilometer to ride to the right. It's buddy. a bobbled snap. Now, yeah. now I know I told you, Darren, that we could only go an hour, but I, I'm willing. I, I'll, I'll say it here. I'm willing to go a little longer because I'm that angry, and I'm sure fans. Uh, I'm sure we have enough to talk about. Yeah, uh, n- no doubt. We're not even at the 50 minute mark yet, so uh, <laughs> lot, lot still to get to. Although my um, although my phone might die, I'll I'll do this if my phone's gonna die. Sure. Okay. That that's all right. Uh, yeah, you are enjoying yourself out at the lake. I'm glad your uh, Wi-Fi and your internet uh, is uh, nice and tidy. Thanks to Starlink uh, for that. Maybe we'll get yes, them as a sir. sponsor. Right? I'll call up. Yeah, Elon. that'd be I'll, pretty good. I'll call up Elon. Um, okay. Uh, so we get through our uh, Walby's Warrior and Westwood Wide to the right. Let's touch on the bonfire burning point. And uh, oh. look, th- there's an obvious one, or uh, I think it's seemingly obvious. But I don't know if that was the burning point for me. Yeah. Well, go. Go first. I'll go second, buddy. You want to go second? Well, yeah. people are going to say the the Dandridge pick six. People are going to say yeah. the, um, I think the TSN panel after the game mentioned um, the Brady Oliveira fumble. Yeah. Right? But to me, the burning point was watching Ottawa's offense in the second half, they go eight plays and get points. And then they go uh, 13 plays and 63 yards and get points. And then they go nine plays and they turn it over on downs because they're really pushing. Okay. And then they go eight plays. And yeah, they turn it over on downs because they're they're trailing 25 to nine. But they didn't stop. And the turning point, or sorry, the bonfire burning point for me was Winnipeg's inability to put their foot on their opponent's throat. That's a cliche I like using because I think it just, it paints such a colorful picture. But that's the thing is the Red Blacks were down and Winnipeg had sharp spikes and they were right there standing over their opponent and they did not put their foot on their throat. They, they allowed them to keep breathing. They allowed them to keep moving the chains. So maybe it's not a specific point in the game, but you know, it's to me, that's what burnt the bombers. Yeah. It's just Ottawa. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And I'll, I'll just say the burning point. You know, while that is not a, a, I'm trying to find like that specific point for people. I get that. But yeah, the big picture is the Ottawa offense just kept coming. So I'll say the burning point, if I have to pick like a specific one, it was Dustin Crum running the football and tying the game to cap a seven play 94 yard drive and then scoring the two point to force overtime. That's the moment the Bombers got ultimately burnt, but they ignited yeah. the flames of their demise throughout the fourth quarter, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, for me, the burning point is crystal clear, and maybe this seems silly to people, but the burning point for me was we're up 25-17. We are marching. We had a couple first downs, trying to kill the clock. Sorry. Right, we we get a couple first downs. We're trying to kill the clock, and um, we go for you know first down as a run of three yards by Brady Oliveira. 
And then on second and seven, on a throwing down in the CFL, they call a chicken shit play and run it. I'm sorry. I said it at the time. I was, I just couldn't, I have, I don't, I'm not used to seeing the Bombers play scared. And you might say that they were playing to, to kill the clock and playing conservatively. They, they didn't think that um, Dustin Crumb could march the entire field on them in, in, a, in what, 49 seconds or a minute. Fair enough. But, it, but to me, it was the Bombers flinched. And if you say burning point, I'll use the metaphor. Someone poured gasoline on the fire and every and the bombers were standing close to it and they just jumped back. Right? Instead of dousing the fire, they flinched. Mm-hmm. And they booted the ball away. And they gave Ottawa a chance. You know, Zach Kolaris is the two-time reigning MOP. Was he having the best game of his career? No. But he was he he deserved to have about a 410 yard game at least shown shouldn't have dropped that pass. I if, know it's if a big... anybody is hanging blame on Zach Kolaris yeah. in this game. Wake up. No, it's not Kolaris. But what I'm saying is he's the two time Ray. He's your best player. He's the best player in the freaking league. And you hand the ball off on second and seven. Let Zach let you, you talk about the spikes on the shoes on their throat. That's stepping down and cutting the jugular. Let let your biggest weapon in Zacharias throw the ball. Don't run the ball on second and seven, knowing you're probably not going to get. What did Brady have? A 1.8 yard average? Maybe he got three on second and seven, then it was third and four, then you got a punt. Don't play scared. You're the Blue Bombers, right? You're, you're trying to go for a dynasty. Put Put Ottawa out of its misery. Like, for God's sakes, the fans got their money's worth already at 25-17. (laughs) You know? Thank you, Scott. Rifle up, buddy. Um, I just, it pissed me off in the moment. Whether or not we would have won that game, um, really, I just, I, I, it was inexplicable to me, and it was the first time I've seen this, 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 iteration of the bombers with the triumvirate of O'Shea Walters and, and Miller um, and the dominance, the mafia, Uh, the first time I've seen them flinch and, and maybe people will disagree with my take. Maybe people think that was smart football to try and run the clock out, but, and, 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 and hindsight is 2020 and all that, those platitudes, Darren. But to me, that was the burning point. I like it. Well, well said. Um, Vicky Short is worried about you, Zach. Schnitzy's blood pressure finally <laughs> coming down. Maybe uh, knowing that Sask is losing might lower it a little bit more. Oh, are they losing? What's what's well, the score, Vicky? The uh, I'm just watching a highlight here of Jake Mayer throwing a touchdown to is that Hakanavanu? Yeah, Luther Hakanavanu oh, yeah. back uh, cool. off the injured list. So uh, the Stampeders leading 19 to 10 uh, with four seconds okay. left in the second quarter. So they're about to go up okay, 20 good. to 10. Here's the convert. No, yeah, it's good. It's Renee Paradis. Um, I love. Dude, did this... I did I did did I tell you that I lost all my money? I, I bet the Bombers on SIA at minus nine. Come on, I bet heavy on it. I didn't lose a big amount of money. People, don't worry. I'm. I hate how this comment is is blocking your face, Zach. But uh, that's fine. Scott Powell, 
joining us live on YouTube. What's going on, Scott? I saw you saying hi in there uh, a little bit earlier as well. Bomber fan from North Carolina, says Scott Powell. Sweet. If Ottawa doesn't drop, I think means Dalton Schoen, doesn't drop a deep yeah. pass in the first half, this doesn't go to overtime. Like Bluto said, that defense is good. Figure an offense out, they might be a tough out. Yeah. Oh um, no, he, the, the, it was a it was a red black drop. Sorry, Darren. Oh um, yes, he, he yes. beats Houston uh, Scarborough. I'm sorry. He beat Houston. I'm and, sorry. Uh, listen, here's the thing that was funny about the first half is I think the score was what eighteen to six, eighteen to three. Scarborough, yeah, yep. Uh, it was eighteen to three. It 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 actually could have been only fourteen ten if they don't take that boneheaded misconduct penalty. That would have uh, taken the bombers off the off the field, and Prukop never gets that touchdown. Then they only go up six nothing, right? And then if Scarver catches that ball, they get a touchdown, and the bombers get you know they do get that other touchdown. Um, it would have that's, only been a fourteen ten game. That's my bad. It was Scott. a cl- Pre- appreciate uh, appreciate that comment though. But yeah, you know. Uh, Good point by you. It, it would have been a different game, that's for sure. Well, and um, and if the, and if the Red Blocks instead of trying to go for it and getting it turned over on downs when they got into a red zone twice in the in the fourth quarter, if they would have kicked field goals, it wouldn't have gone into overtime. Adam Drawward so, uh, watching live yeah. on YouTube. What's going on, Adam? If anything, blame the offensive line getting worked in the second half and couldn't open up any holes for Brady Oliveira. Um. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to blame anybody, you blame the team because the team lost the game and the team collectively didn't do enough. Is the O-line part of that? I mean, objective, like, you know, figuratively and literally, yes. Is there bad play part of the loss? Yes. Yep. But um, it's Winnipeg had opportunities to win and they allowed Dustin Crum to walk up and down the field late in the fourth quarter and in overtime. That's not the yeah. Blue Bombers O line. No. Yeah. No. Uh, I think... Sorry. Uh, just uh, our did. Oh yeah, we we each had our bonfire burning point. Um, yeah. Hey, you know what? Let's bring a little levity to it. <laughs> Who's your happy honker tonight, buddy? Well, he was going to be my one of my game balls, but I can't give a game ball to any Bombers. I'm too mad. So um, I'm going to give uh, my happy honker to him instead, and it's Willie Jefferson. Uh, people may remember this moment of levity. I think it was in the third quarter, Darren. Um, <laughs> I think it was short yardage, and, and before the ball gets snapped by Ottawa, who they're on a short yardage play, I think second and one or something, you see a blue bomber jersey uh, squeak cr- across the line like they're like they're on a slip and slide. <laughs> they just you know slip and slide on their belly forward. Oh yeah, clearly uh, like the most offside you could ever see. That was Willie Jefferson, uh, and he, they were he was even laughing about it after the play, even though they conceded you know five yards on a on an offside. But I thought that that gave my my mother in law. And, and uh, David, uh, her partner, a pretty big chuckle. Sarah and David and I were laughing. Um, luckily, no one choked on their food, but we were laughing because, uh, <laughs> and so was Willie. Yeah, I like that. My happy honker goes to Nick Dembski, who got into the end zone 
and he's got a touchdown ball for his new baby daughter. Congratulations to him and there you go. Nick, Nick Dembski's fiance. Um, yeah. Hey, you know, maybe the first couple of Winnipeg, we can call them. Uh, yeah, he he calls her his girlfriend on on uh, when fiance. he's being interviewed, and then he and then he quickly corrected himself. Fiance. He had said fiance because he That's knew right. she was probably watching and wouldn't wouldn't take kindly to that. What am I, just your girlfriend? Are you kidding me? With this <laughs> ring? What's wrong with you, Nick? Or uh, she probably calls him Nikki. Probably calls him Nikki. You think so? Yeah, probably calls him Nikki. Hmm. You know the pet names we have with our significant others. He's probably got something more creative than that. Just saying. Uh, maybe. Uh, game balls, game balls. Yeah, we're already on game balls. I mean, this is the first time I'm ever going to do this, uh, Darren. But I'm going to give my. I have how many? How many people on? How many players on a roster? Forty two on a CFL. I'm going to yeah, give away that? forty. Forty forty three. Yeah, forty two or forty three. I had, they're all for the Red Blacks. I mean. This was pissing me off to no end. David, uh, my my father-in-law, kept saying, oh, it would be nice for Ottawa to be competitive. Oh, good play, Ottawa. It's it, We need them to be relevant. I'd rather watch a close game where you're, where you're stressed at the end. I, I don't want to see a bomber blowout. He kept talking about this, and Sarah and I, my mother-in-law, were getting so mad eventually. Just like, what? Shut up, David, eventually we said. You know, like, shut it are you cheering for the bombers but uh listen i gotta give credit to the red blacks 43 game balls i'll give them out to the to the red blacks this team was looking like a bottom feeder Mm -hmm. we were putting him in the same conversation as edmonton who is a complete train wreck but somehow this team and and i get a lot of them were bomber mistakes but the like you said the red blacks they played better in the second half than the Bombers. They they crushed us in the second half. Yeah. Whether it's Dustin Crum or 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 Scarver or or Devontae Williams or Brandon Dandridge with the pick six. Yep. I'm not sure who caused the fumble on Oliveira. Um was Oh, it, that was, was um I got it. Here. Wakefield? Oops. No. It was the, a DB. Uh the fumble was uh Adam O'Claire. Oh, good for him. Yeah, I think he was in the PFF top five at his position too. Mm-hmm. So, um, Pro Football Focus PFF. So, I'll give a game ball to all of them, buddy. But but the biggest the biggest ball goes to Dustin Crum. Pardon? <laughs> the Crumback, the Dustin the, Crumback, the Dustin Crumback. I'll give a game ball to Lynn Reimer, who's watching as she always does yeah. on YouTube. What's going on, Lynn? She says. Smash the like button, people. I completely agree. You get a game ball for that. I don't know if I want to give a game ball to anybody else. I'll give one to you, Zach, for mm. a couple reasons. Number one, the crumbback, outstanding by you. Outstanding. And number <laughs> two, tweet that. Yeah. early happy birthday, my friend. Game ball oh, to you, man. Zach Schnitzer. You're okay. you're an outstanding young man. Family man, <laughs> Blue Bombers fan uh content creator on youtube and podcaster extraordinaire uh and just a really good friend man thank you and uh, game uh ball to you. happy birthday well you're a good friend too the feelings it's all love between us and it's all love to bomber nation and uh if only they knew not- <laughs> how much you and i hate each other off air yeah really 
This is not this is not the birthday present I envisioned, Bombers. All I wanted was a win. It didn't even have to be a blowout. Even if they would have won 25-23, if, if Ottawa couldn't convert that second uh, two-point conversion, Darren. Uh, yeah, I'm turning 40, which is, which is, you know, you call me a young man. I don't think I'm a young man anymore. You're a young man. Uh, you're a young right. man. But you, what are you, 41? None of your business. <laughs> you're not that much older than me, buddy. I'll let people in the live chat guess how old I am. No Googling. I don't even think you could find it on Google, but, um, well, let me ask you something though, Jared. Sure. I, 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 just to, just to get away from, uh, you know how great I am for a second. <laughs> what were what were the comparison of first downs? Because I feel like the Bombers, like you were saying, they were getting chunk plays, but they weren't nearly as consistent as Ottawa. I, like, and it just by the time the game was over, like you want first downs when the game was over. Yeah, I feel like Ottawa controlled the clock the second half and got a bunch of first downs. You talked about nine play drives, ten play drives, seven play drives. Well, I know I'm putting I'll, you on the spot, do, but I I'll do one good for but you. I have a burning, I have is. a burning question. There it is. Yeah. Winnipeg, 17 first downs, Ottawa, 23, uh, second down conversions. Winnipeg was 40%. Ottawa, 46, yeah. which is nice. Um, yeah. you know, red zone. Hey, Winnipeg was dominant in the red zone, <laughs> but look at this. Offensive yeah. Plays. Uh, yeah. Good yeah, gracious. That's big. Yeah. And, Net offense, pretty even, but man, it, this was not the case at halftime at all. Yeah, I think those offensive plays discrepancy, uh, you know, what is it, 18 more for, for Ottawa, uh, really tells the tale. Mm -hmm. uh, there's your uh, team losses. Of course, a lot of those sacks, uh, tackles for loss. Uh, the Red Blacks had seven losses for 43 yards. Uh, rushing. Wow. Boom, 150 to 26 uh winnipeg averaged 1.9 yards per carry wow Oliveira had 1.8 uh of course dustin crumbs run numbers really helped uh them have a 7.5 yards per carry average um you know punt return yards i, I don't think it, it had uh, a lot to do no. with the game today and punts here's big plays well three yeah. big passes for winnipeg yeah it could have been four or five yeah. But big plays were not the difference. It was the consistency that Ottawa was able to produce in the first half. Now, these numbers are not correct. Winnipeg <laughs> did not have 593 turnovers, and Ottawa did not have 2,055 Thank turnovers. you, Genius Sports. Yes. Thank you, Randy goodness. Ambrosi. I don't uh, know how they haven't figured that shit out yet. It's well, they'll, they'll figure it out. Man, you're you're loose with your lips today. I tell oh, you. sorry. Sorry. Hey, that's all right. Time I'm of pretty, possession. I was going to ask you about that. I'm pretty sure this one is correct. Uh, yeah. It's essentially three to two. Uh, 30 minutes for the Red Blacks, 19 minutes for the yeah. Blue Bombers. Um, that's brutal. You know, that, that, that tells uh, a lot of the tale right there. Uh, totally. Part of, part of the tale we need to tell, Zach, is you know when, when you're not feeling good when you're not you know you're you're having you're having one of those days what makes you feel better uh a hamburger like a venison and boar burger venison and wild boar burger and a bar 
Yeah. And Joey Slattery just sidling up to me and us eating our burgers <laughs> quietly and uh, hey, that's... just enjoying the time together on a Friday <laughs> afternoon at Shannon's. Yes, sir. Well, Shannon's is now open Fridays for lunch, so you can get your weekend yeah, started early there this coming week. The Bombers play Thursday, so maybe Friday you want to kick off work a little early and head down to Shannon's. Their food is awesome. As you see on screen, 21 beers on tap. They've got tons of your local brew favorites uh jets and blue bombers game day specials home games away games get down to shannon's food and drink specials every single jets and blue bombers home and away game check them out uh shannon's irish pub.ca they're at 175 carlton street if you've never been they're underneath the streets of downtown winnipeg just a quick brady Oliveira bubble screen down the block from true north square Oh, you can't say Brady Oliveira bubble screen anymore because isn't that the play well? They didn't run one today, so maybe that's what you're gonna have to do to get down to shot. But is it? Oh, I thought that I thought it was a little screenplay where he got fumbled, where they took the ball away from. Now I, now it's just traumatic for me to hear that, but uh, maybe not. Yeah, well, I'm with Craig Smith, hey, who is literally, <laughs> literally a professional assessor of talent. Wow, Zach does a great Thank job. Thank you, Craig. I, I agree. Craig. That's a nice birthday present. That gives me a little boost. Thank you, Craig. I know you're you're an evaluator of football talent, and uh, clearly you're a good evaluator of media talent. Clearly. Uh, so every everybody's giving you uh, lots of happy birthday wishes, which is awesome. Bomber fan says you're at least fifty. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm fifty right now. Yeah, Gregory seems I feel to like think I I'm aged ten years. Gregory seems to think I'm forty three years old. He might be right. Gregory Gregory is good with those details. Yeah. Andreas is 38. My boy, Tommy, 35. Yes, sir. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so young. So young. Hey, Tom, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, it's it's a bonfire of a question. Um, anyway, we, I'll digress from that. Um, did you have a did, did you hand out? Oh, yeah, you gave your game ball. Yeah. I gave I gave lots of game, but I mean, is oh, it really? Are you gonna owe Wilson it. money now? Because I gave because I gave out forty three game balls. You're gonna owe Wilson, the football manufacturer, money. Yes, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Oh, <laughs> you'd be Owen Wilson. That's good too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a couple comments I want to bring in here before uh, we wrap things up. First things first, Tao Zen says, uh, happy honker to Zach, the B-Day boy. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. Uh, T. Konopali, uh, is the Lawler thing a distraction? I doubt it. I agree with you. I also doubt it, uh, Polly. Um, Comet, could the Blues issues be more psychological than anything? What do you think about that, Zach? I, I think, uh, I never thought that could possibly be with a Mike O'Shea coach team. I have a hard time thinking that's what's going on. Are they, you know, smelling their own flowers? Are they resting on their laurels a little bit? Because that can happen when you're so dominant. I think it's hard to have that killer instinct all the time. Yeah, I don't know, because everything the players say suggests that they were taking Ottawa very seriously. And, and mm-hmm. a Mike O'Shea team and locker room would. So I I don't know. but But maybe even in the best locker rooms, you can't you can't help but a little bit of a have a bit of inertia. So it could be, I but I don't think that accounts for enough. Of it I think it may be aging, or they may have been out coached tonight. 
so th- this is this is kind of my take. Um, <laughs> the bombers, like, are they smelling their own flowers, as you so colorfully put it? No, I I don't think so. I think they've reached a point where they're happy. They're 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 probably. This is my guess. Okay, this is my take. I think the blue bombers are at a point where they're learning that they have to win differently than they have in the past. They've been a scrappy, never say die, resilient football team. They've shown incredible resolve when their backs are against the wall to find a way to win, right? Winning in overtime in uh, the Grey Cup. Uh, You know, dominant in the Grey Cup in 2019, but winning on the road in Calgary, winning on the road in Saskatchewan, and then, you know, uh, knocking off a a 13-win team in the 2019 Grey Cup. Um, They're no longer the team that has to um, fight to win. I think it, it comes a little bit more naturally. And with that, I don't think it's about them smelling their own flowers or, you know, necessarily lacking a killer instinct. I think it's that they're learning that the way they've won football games for the last number of years is not the same way they need to try to win football games. Now BC came into Winnipeg and kicked their ass. Ottawa found a way to hang on and win. Big difference between those two games. Big, big difference. Winnipeg's offense, I think, is the bigger concern right now. Winnipeg's uh, ball control style of game with the occasional big explosion play to put points on the board. I don't know if it is as sustainable or as consistently effective as it has been in years past. Is that an aging O-line? Is it play calling? Is it, uh, you know, guys making mental errors? Is it drop balls? Could be all of those things. Um, But the defense is the heart and soul of this team. The defense is the engine that runs the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And, you know, big special teams plays, big plays on offense. They're going to get the shine because they're exciting. It's like Greg McRae, what a return. Oh, you know, Brady Oliveira, what a run. Zach Kolaris, what a throw for sure. But it's the defense that is the linchpin of their key to success, their, their path to success, um, and their machine of being a top-tier team in the league. Because in no way, shape, or form do I think the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are anything but a top-tier team. They can win any game any day. Today, they did not win. They did not win this game. They lost this game. And I know that sounds obvious, right? But they lost. And Mm -hmm. to me, if I had to point to one thing, and I don't want to, but the defense being the engine of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and allowing a rookie quarterback who has never played, never started a pro game in his life, had a brutal first half, brutal It's about as bad as you, like outside of throwing a whole pile of picks, about as bad as you could think. Like 44 yards of offense, three first downs. They didn't get a first down until the final, like it was four and a half minutes, I think, was left in the second quarter when they they had their first first down. 422. Yeah. Yeah. 
they allowed that quarterback and that offense to scrap their way to a win when the defense has generally been the shut it down. Last week against Calgary, it was the offense that shut it down. It was the offense that put that game to bed. They iced them. They iced them with that 10-minute drive. But today, the offense... Pardon me. Today, the defense failed to win and failed in stopping a scrappy gamer of a dude in Dustin Mm -hmm. Crumb from putting the team on his back when it mattered most in the final final two drives of the game to tie it, get the two point convert, send it to overtime. And then Winnipeg gets a field goal. That's great but they won the toss. They got to go second and there was Dustin crumb scoring when it mattered most. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure people uh, in our nation as they refer to themselves and the red blacks fans and everyone across Ottawa and Southern Ontario that pull for that team uh, are thinking anything is possible right now because they've had yeah. no luck at quarterback. And now they got a guy that Holy, Holy shit. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. So, so, my question, and instead of a final thought, I'll have a final question for you, Darren. Mm-hmm. How do the Bombers win now? How how do they have to win now? Because it, maybe it's not the power run. Maybe it's not the big play on offense. How do they have to win? Complete football. Complete football. You know, sometimes they'll refer to it as complementary football. And they've done that a few times this year. You know, a 17-3 to win over Montreal, that was a dominant defensive game. You know, they didn't let Cody Fajardo and uh, Stanback, William Stanback, do anything. Uh, They just, they were dominant. But the offense, like 17 points. It's the CFL, you know. Winnipeg scored more points than that today. Um, But um, they have to play all three phases, you know. And and not being with, you know, being without Janarian Grant, we we saw Greg McRae bumble a couple of, of kicks. Uh, yeah. kick returns right and i tweeted during the game it's you know he has tools but he did not return kicks in high school or or college right he was playing quarterback in high school he was playing everything in high school i'm sure right everything on the field uh in in college he didn't return kicks but he prepared himself to it well in, until it's live bullets between the lines under the lights um with with thousands in attendance you don't know what you got so um, you know, Winnipeg's going to be okay. They're 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 going to be okay without Janarian Grant, and it sounds like they'll be without him for a stretch of time here. You know, just based on Mike O'Shea's comments, um, and uh him being on the sixth game. Um, but how is Winnipeg gonna win to answer your question? They gotta do it on offense, on defense, and on special teams. And they need to play 60 gosh darn minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's well said. Ah, oh, geez. You know, this one, oh, it's going to stick in my craw for days, buddy, until Thursday when we could just wipe this uh, infection clean and well, just put the boots to the Elks. But, well, you Tuesday, know, I, 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 Tuesday, you and I will will get into it again on Bonfire Midweek. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't know if I can rewatch this game, but I think I have enough to say to to do a sober second thought. Uh couple last questions before we wrap things up here on uh, game day after dark. And I know it's still light out. I know. 
but it's game day after dark. It's almost more fitting after a, an embarrassing loss like today. Paula yeah. Dett, uh, DB, do you think the Bombers are still favorites to win the cup? Not me, says Paul Audette. I'm not sure. Uh, I I have a feeling that like the favorites, like according to the odds makers, they probably are still the favorites. If you can find a good number on Winnipeg to win the Grey Cup, like say BC or, or Toronto have jumped ahead of them and Winnipeg has nice odds, go for it. Put a sprinkle yeah. on it. You know, uh, SIA.com slash bonfire sia.com slash bonfire do it uh and, and help support the channel um but yeah I, I i think they're absolutely still going to be the odds on favorites um i like this comment and i want to wrap the show with it granny bomber fan with infinite granny wisdom too much pressure on the bombers to be dominant every game i think that is something that is important to keep in mind Winnipeg lost today and they have to own that loss. It's on them. But I think there's also a sentiment that needs to be tempered here in Winnipeg with this very, very, very good football team, a team of, you know, uh, uh, era resonance for many, many years to come. I think there's too much pressure on the Bombers to be dominant every game. I, I mentioned it to you, I think, Zach, a, a, a few weeks ago. Somebody in the Bombers organization told me, like, win by two scores. Like, just win. Everybody expects the Bombers to win by 15, win by 10. Like, yeah, that's going to happen. They're going to blow teams out. But it's football. The other team is paid to play. The other team has good players. There's all-stars on yeah. every team. There's good yeah, coaches. There's only nine on teams. Team. Yeah. There's only nine teams. There's good coaches for sure. Yeah. Do, do I still think that uh, the Bombers should have? I didn't. They didn't need to be dominant today to win. They could have just won. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. It's just my 40th birthday and a game I'll never forget in my entire life, Darren. But yeah, there is. There is maybe. Maybe there is too much. That's a good comment, Granny Bomber fan. You've you've had a a few good comments lately. I've noticed, Granny Bomber fan. So I yeah. think it's fitting that that you get to have the final say here. As game ball to you, finest. Granny. Game ball to you, because yeah. I didn't give any to, to any Bombers players today. Uh, <laughs> I, either did you, Zach. So, uh, had no, to... I think I think it should go to a fire starter. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, hey, happy birthday, brother. I, I know it's Thank not officially you. your birthday yet, but uh, it is in a matter of hours. So, yes, sir. Have a great night tonight. You know, do what Zach Kolaris does. Snap and clear. Flush it out of yeah. your mind. Because that game okay. is over. It's on to the next. It's on to Edmonton with the Elks in town on Thursday here in Winnipeg at IG Field. That means Chris Walby will join me for game day Winnipeg and your pregame show as we always do the day before the game live at three o'clock here on Bonfire Sports. And that means Zach, you and I will have Bonfire Midweek a day early. So we'll go Tuesday night live 7.30 p.m. Yes, sir. Here on the channel. Woo. Looking forward to it, DB. By then, I should uh, have recovered from this debacle uh, in uh, on ba the, the the debacle on Bank Street. We'll call it. I don't know, or the crumbback. I don't know what the we'll, crumbback. We'll, I love it. I'll think of some more. Sayonara, everybody. This was fun, and of hey, course, hit up Shannon's. Yes, indeed, hit up Shannon's. Uh, support them because uh, they support us. Everybody else out there, have a great weekend. Enjoy. And uh, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to see you back here in no time on Bonfire Sports. So 
have all the best. Ciao, everybody. Sayonara.